This is the Go Blue Crew. Hey Derek, I know it's the season to be grateful and thankful, but are you ready to be extremely sad on Saturday as I am? I'm not ready and part of me is hopeful that I won't be sad, but with all of the unknowns and just the way Michigan's played in big games this season, yeah, I, I guess I kind of expect to be to be disappointed and then obviously just downright sad if, if Michigan loses. Dude, I have been in this mode of like not looking forward to Michigan-Ohio State for the first time maybe in my life because it feels like one of those games where Michigan is just going to get beat to hell and, and we're going to have to live with that once again. It's been 13 of the last 15 years that Ohio State has won. And do you see anything that makes you even like slightly hopeful that Michigan can turn the tables? I certainly don't. I don't think most people do. It's just one of those situations where you got to hope against hope because you're a partisan and that's what you do, huh? Yeah, I mean, it, it would be really tough. It's making JT Barrett and, and others make mistakes on offense. It's having an outstanding best performance of the season on offense as an offensive unit, not just specific players. And and it takes Jim Harbaugh out coaching Urban Meyer and his coaching staff. So there's a lot of things that would need to go right for Michigan to win. Uh, is it possible? Certainly. Uh, there's obviously far bigger upsets that have happened. It just doesn't seem like uh, Michigan's really been the team, especially in our lifetime, that's been able to kind of disrupt what Ohio State has has been doing and, and how they're performing. This would be a, a crazy year to do it. It would make it one of the more uh, fascinating and, and crazy Michigan football seasons that I've been around for. Uh, but yeah, chances are Michigan walks away with a loss. Uh, and, and you know what? That's kind of expected. That's something that I predicted at the beginning of the season as well. So when we're looking ahead to this game, there's you mentioned uncertainties earlier, and that's got to be like the biggest storyline, at least on Michigan's end specifically talking about quarterback. So if it comes out that Brandon Peters is going to be okay and he's a go against Ohio State, does that change your expectations at all? Yeah, I mean, I'm more confident uh, just because of, of some of the things that he was able to show against Wisconsin. Uh, he, he had a couple of drives there where it really looked like uh, he could be a quarterback that fits the system. I know a lot of people want him to, to be the quarterback, uh, obviously, he had that opportunity after John O'Corn, who relieved Wilton Spate, uh, wasn't playing very well. So he's shown flashes. Uh, but yeah, if he's healthy, I feel better going into the weekend. Uh, if he's not, I feel worse. Uh, and, and I would just kind of compare it to I feel more energy when he's on the field than, than maybe John O'Corn and even Wilton Spate at the beginning of the season. So that's something that could maybe change my opinion on how the game goes. But but without knowing that information, and who knows when we'll know it, it could be game day. Uh, yeah, my uncertainty is definitely there, and I think that it's going to take a lot more than even a Brandon Peters to, to beat Ohio State. Uh, that's for sure. So um, I'm not envious of the coaching staff at all. If, if you have Brandon Peters okay, and then let's throw in a wild card and say Wilton Spate is okay. He's cleared for contact. He can go out there and play. You know, presumably John O'Corn kind of drops from the conversation because he's been the most ineffective of the three. But you have one quarterback who would presumably still be your starter if he didn't get hurt. Another quarterback in Brandon Peters who's 
looked uh, even pretty good at times. Granted, he just hasn't been asked to do much, and then he got knocked out of the Wisconsin game before he had a chance to uh, even get a shot to lead Michigan to a comeback victory. So there's these two quarterbacks, and it's like, how do you pick which one you're going to throw out there to the Wolves against Ohio State's defense? Is it Wilton Spate, who's done it once already and had a uh, less than less than good game, we'll say, or do you pick Brandon Peters, who you know has one one game against a top ten team, didn't get to finish it, doesn't have a lot of experience. I, I'm just not envious of this decision making at all. I don't know about you, but yeah, that would just be awful. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to picture a scenario, no matter who the quarterback is. It's not going to be really necessarily easier for one of them. You're talking Wilton Spate, even though. Uh, he's had uh, more starting experience and playing experience than Brandon Peters. He's a guy who hasn't seen contact. Yeah, he's still wearing the red jerseys and practices. And so, and then Brandon Peters, this would be his first opportunity to play in, in a really big game. Uh, and so, and, and then John O'Corn, I just, I have no hope in John O'Corn anymore just because he's proven not to, to show anything. I thought there, I had a small glimpse of hope against Wisconsin that he'd come in and kind of play like he did against Purdue, but he didn't get any help offensively. Obviously, Wisconsin's defense was really tough, but it does not get any easier this weekend. I know that Ohio State is beatable. They've lost twice and, and bad losses, not in terms of the teams they lost to, but the way they lost. So, again, anything is possible. But the, the most interesting thing to me that I've seen uh, preparing for this week, and I've seen it in two places, one, in five of the last six Michigan-Ohio State matchups, Michigan's starting quarterback has either not started or not finish the game. You can take that how you want it. Michigan's had three different starting quarterbacks this year. Uh, but that's just really incredible to me. And thinking back, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely true. Eight and out of the last 11 Ohio State games, Michigan's starting quarterback has either not started, not finished, or played with an injury. I think to Wilton Spate playing with an injury last year, even though he came back after after missing some time against Indiana. So it just hasn't hasn't the cards haven't fallen in, in Michigan's way, it seems to, against Ohio State. But, again, no excuse. You've still got to beat the Buckeyes once in a while. I I don't want to say that I'm not depending on the run game, but it just seems kind of foolish to think that, oh, hey, maybe Michigan will come out here and be able to run the ball against Ohio State. You know, Michigan doesn't run the ball in big games. They don't win big games. But you know that's we've already had that discussion. They don't run the ball in big games, at least not very well, and not well enough, certainly. So you have to make the quarterback conversation much bigger. I don't want to sit here and pretend that everything begins and ends with the quarterback, but when you're not able to run the football the way you want to, it, there's a lot more pressure put on your quarterback. That's this is very basic stuff, and that's why there's such a big emphasis, and there's going to be so much discussion about not only who is Michigan's quarterback going to be, but like what can he even do against Ohio State considering what Michigan's three quarterbacks have done throughout this whole season, which just hasn't been that spectacular. So that's that's why the quarterback thing is so important. Yeah, absolutely. I think of if you want to pick, pick on the running backs, I think that they need to prove that they're good in a big game. Like you said, they haven't been able to do so. Akram Wildley had a really nice game against Ohio State in a 55-24 victory. He rushed for 118 yards on, on 20 carries. You don't see a lot of people rush all over the Buckeyes' defense. They're always good, both offense and defense, Since at least since Urban Meyer's been there. Obviously, Jim Trestle, too. You have that 
uh, Lou Fickle year where obviously they were, they were six and six and things weren't working out for them in general. Uh, that's how Michigan beat them. And that's kind of an outlier in this last decade, but it's possible. I mean, Karan Higdon could have a big game. Chris Evans has showed signs, but you're absolutely right. Where have the running backs been when it mattered? Because once a great defense lines up against Michigan's offensive line that showed signs of, of being really, really good at times, great blocks, great counter. I mean, power run game has worked in some games and has absolutely just failed in others. And so that's kind of mind-boggling to me. And you've got to hope that they can at least show something reputable on the field this weekend instead of uh, last weekend where the running game didn't get going at all. So let's flip the flip the field here. I'm a little worried that this game is going to look a lot like how Michigan played against Penn State earlier this season where you know the Nittany Lions overwhelmed Michigan's defense, not the entire game, but enough to put up 42 points. It was 42, right? Yeah, I believe, I believe so. it was 42. So uh, that's my worry, that it's going to look a lot like the, the Michigan-Penn State game from earlier. So how do you, as a defense, go about containing JT Barrett, J.K. Dobbins, Mike Weber is going to get involved? Like there, There's so many weapons on top of the fact that it's very likely Urban Meyer has some tricks up his sleeve that he's going to pull out on Saturday. And God forbid it works. It's just going to be that much tougher for Michigan's defense to make up for the fact that there isn't an offense to support it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this Ohio State offense has been for real for many years in a row, almost 45 points a game, only allowing 20 points. So obviously, like we said, the defense is there too. I mean, the amount of yards is always around that 500 mark. I mean, they play some incredible football offensively. Oklahoma found a way to do it. Obviously, that's a really good team. And again, Iowa found a way to do it. But Ohio State still even scored 24 points in the game that they got drubbed. I look at the Michigan-Penn State game and I think, well, Michigan State beat Michigan. Uh, Michigan State beat Penn State. But what Ohio State did to Michigan State uh, a couple weeks back, 48-3, to yeah, I mean, that could obviously happen this weekend, and that's unfortunate. So you've got to, again, find a way to make JT Barrett make mistakes. Uh, he can he can throw some really bad balls. He can throw some bad interceptions. So if you can force him into making mistakes, and then that D-line, those, those linebackers have to contain the running game. You've got Dobbins and Webb, both two phenomenal running backs that would probably start almost anywhere they enroll. And so – to stop three major weapons like that, we haven't even talked about tight ends or receivers, is a huge challenge, but you've got to hope that they can contain them enough uh, to allow their offense a chance to stay in the game. It's just a matter of will the offense be able to sustain anything uh, to keep in the game at all. Okay, I think I have my answer to this question, but I want you to go first, and I'm going to put you on the spot here. But in terms of Michigan's defense, like, what is the most important either position group or individual player when it comes to this Saturday? I'm going to say a linebacking core. I, I think of a, a Saquon Barkley being wide open multiple times as a running back. Uh, I think their ability to not only contain the run but help out in the passing game will provide some relief for the cornerbacks. LeVert Hill's back this weekend, so that will obviously help uh, in the secondary. And I feel like the de- defensive line is usually able to hold their own, so I'm not really worried about them. So I'm most concerned, and it is most important, that the linebacking core, even including Devin Bush, uh, to have a very solid game overall. 
I am a little worried about, this isn't my answer, but I'm a little worried about Michigan's safety and pass coverage when they get in those the those man on those one-on-one opportunities and it seems like they get taken advantage of a little bit but i'm going to say the most important player on Michigan's defense sort of along the lines of that linebacking core that you're talking about is Klee Hudson if he can get in the backfield and disrupt enough plays back there either getting pressure on JT Barrett stopping a run in the backfield even just making one of them, if they're running the ball, switch directions and get swallowed up by defenders waiting. I think he's the real catalyst if, if we're going to have to depend on Ohio State making mistakes, especially in the passing game. Because we've seen that JT Barrett, like against Iowa, he had so many mistakes. And then you watch him against Penn State in that fourth quarter, that second half, really, the whole second half, it was just like, oh my God, how can those be the same people? And so you know, got to depend on... Michigan secondary, and it's obviously great news that LaVert Hill is back. This is going to – I mean, this is legit secondary. Those are some really good corners out there, and they're going to be be able to play on islands. So if Cleek Hudson can disrupt enough things, then I like Michigan's chances to if, – if they don't create turnovers, you know, you're at least not going to let Ohio State get into an offensive rhythm because when the Buckeyes do that, you got to believe that they're one of the most dangerous offensive weapons out there. Yeah, absolutely. Between Devin Bush and Kalee Hudson, I mean, someone's got to watch JT Barrett and and one to two running backs. And, I mean, that's a challenge that's going to be unlike any they've they've really seen all year. I know that Lewerke has some scramble ability, and there's been some other lesser teams that had mobile quarterbacks. But when you're when you're looking at stopping this offense, it almost looks like an impossible assignment on paper. However, like I mentioned, two teams are able to do it. You just got to hope that Michigan's one of those teams. And if not, I guess I, I, both of us really aren't that surprised because I don't have super high expectations, if any expectations, heading into this weekend. Just because, one, I know how it feels to get my hopes up and watch a loss like last year. I think of Michigan going for two with Devin Gardner uh, and having chances to win games still haven't been able to pull through in those ones either. And so I don't have a whole lot of expectations going in. I just hope that we see something from Michigan that at least looks respectable, and I really don't want to see them get blown out at home. No, definitely not. So let's go big picture here. Let's say Michigan beats the odds. They beat Ohio State. For you, how much like like how willing are you for, to forgive this season if that happens? I mean, I'm not really too frustrated with the season. There's obviously some things that I, I wish could have gone better, and and seeing Brandon Peters also go down after already losing Wilton Spate early, those are frustrating things, and it feels like not a lot of things have fallen Michigan's way. But I I will say that this would be. Uh, a remarkable victory, not only for the program, it'd obviously be what many would consider Jim Harbaugh's biggest win. Even against a, a two-loss Ohio State team, it's still beating uh, the most hated rival uh, and something that a lot of people kind of hold him to. Until you do this, you're not elite in their book. I know you love that word, so that's why I throw it in there. But <laughs> Love it, elite, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a nine-win season uh, and a chance to probably play in a, in a better bowl than if they were to lose to Ohio State this weekend. So I don't want to say really it saves the season or, or makes the season better just because it's another win. Obviously, beating Ohio State always means a little bit more than beating other teams, but the season is right in line with what I said going into it. I just think that there are a few things, and we've talked about this all year. As the season went on, you kind of hoped that our preseason predictions were wrong and hopes that Michigan would be a 10-11 win team. 
Obviously, that 10 wins is still on the table with with winning this weekend in a bowl game, uh, but it's looking more like uh, eight, possibly nine. Uh, so you know what? Whatever happens this weekend, like I said, as long as I see something positive, uh, something to maybe leap forward into the bowl season or, or next season, then I'm, then I'm happy with the outcome. See, my biggest complaint is that Urban Meyer has passed the test that Jim Harbaugh is currently failing in terms of having to win with, you know, eventually a third string quarterback, um, having a, a strong youth movement where you're like, they're probably going to take a step back. Michigan has taken a step back, but Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer's Ohio State team did not take a step back last season I'm talking about. So that's my biggest complaint is that like, we want to compare Jim Harbaugh and Urban Meyer. And I think they're two coaches who, who can be compared pretty easily. But in my, like in my book, there's just no question about who the better coach has been so far at, at each school. So if Michigan can beat Ohio State, I'm willing to forgive a lot, not only for this season and all the frustrations that have come with it, but in terms of just like trying to make Jim Harbaugh into a coach who can compete against and win the best of the best, that goes a really long way in doing that. And then on top of that, you go out and win a bowl game and boom, there's your, your third straight 10 win season. So it's, it's, it's more of that. It's not everything. It doesn't have everything to do with, um, you know, being upset that the offense have looked, has looked really lackluster all season. It's, it's more than that. I mean, I'm, I'm really trying to look at, um, you know, the Jim Harbaugh persona, how, how he's perceived as a head football coach. And he can redeem himself definitely against Ohio State. So I want to wrap up the show here by uh, talking about some positive stuff. We've been we've been saying that we basically don't have very high expectations, but this is Thanksgiving weekend coming up. So Derek, what are you going to do? What are you thankful for? That's going to uh, that's going to distract you from probable sadness on Saturday. Hey, first and foremost, I, I get out of work early, uh, a short work week. Thankful for that. Thankful for being able to spend time with family. Uh, I throw my fiance in there. I didn't know. Recently engaged, Tyler, if, if you hadn't heard. Uh, so you're engaged now. Yeah, but she's going to be in another country, so that's not going to work out well. So that's, I guess, kind of sad. I got to get more positive. Lions winning would be positive. If they lose, I've just got to find a way to overeat to bring happiness to my life. Uh, and yeah, from, from Friday to, to Sunday, I'm going to have to find something, whether it's shopping or, you know, just taking a long nap or something to, to find that next positive, happy moment. Because yeah, noon Saturday, I, I'm going to guess that we're going to know the outcome of the game probably realistically by halftime, unless we're really surprised and see something we love on the field. Uh, and it's a long Thanksgiving weekend if Michigan loses. So what I find to do Sunday is is unknown, but I'm gonna have to find something to, to get myself going and and be happy again. I I I can't even think like if I would rather Michigan get blown to pieces or have another heartbreak. I don't even know. But the way I think uh, the way I think I would deal with it is eat some really good ham. I'm not a big turkey guy, to be honest with you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, everybody, everybody loves turkey. I just like a really juicy ham with like the, what do you pour on it? Root beer or Dr. Pepper? 
Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, like, like you know, that's just, that's so good. And, like, you get some really good stuffing and uh, some time off of school, you know. I'm I'm a busy person, and I don't, I don't want to have to go to class, so I'm not going to. And so that's those are the things that will get me through uh, this. I don't even know what to call it anymore. I've come up with uh, so many sayings. It'll just be probably a sad Saturday. That's what we'll call it. We'll call it sad Saturday. So, uh, Derek, you know, before we wrap up, just just give me give it to me straight. Like, do you think do you think Michigan's even got a shot in this one? Uh, I think they have a shot. I don't think it's it's enough to to make anything out of it. Uh, but I would love to make fun of this podcast next week if we are absolutely wrong and the happiest people. I mean, we might even have to record at at three thirty p.m., four p.m. on Saturday if Michigan wins because I'll be so <laughs> excited. So, with all the sadness that I expect, I mean, that just makes me that much happier and excited and overjoyed if they find a way to win. But yeah, no, I don't. I don't think they have much of a chance this weekend, unfortunately, and and that's just kind of how I felt in the last really decade, I guess you could say. What a what a great thing to end on. I'll I'll one up you. Michigan's got no shot. They're not going to win. Thanks for checking us out on the Go Blue Crew and Wolverine Sounds. If you want to head to iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, search Wolverine Sounds. You can find us there. You can also find us at wolverinesounds.com. If you want to make fun of me, you can tweet at me at Ty underscore Fenwick, and you can also tweet at Derek at Divine Identity. So thanks for listening. Go Blue. Jim Harbaugh for life. <laughs>